Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS. And that link will be in the show notes. That's the same with your life and every one of these habits and every one of these cores. And if they're habits that are hurting you, not doing you good, then you're going to end up in a world of trouble as time goes on. And it's just going to get harder and harder. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life Podcast, where our only priority is providing those aha moments to uplevel your life, health, and happiness. Your host, integrative dietitian nutritionist Krista Bigler, helps health conscious women reduce the stress and confusion around food, fatigue, digestive, and skin issues at lessstressnutrition.com. Now, on to the show. All right, today on the Lester's Life, we have Will Moore, who is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, life coach, and happiness expert. Well, he was like a good happiness expert around here. After exiting his delivery startup for $323 million in 2018, which is recent, curious about that, he's made it his mission to help others become an entrepreneur of the most important business they'll ever run, their life. Great idea. To this day, Will has thrown out the book on traditional self-improvement, creating instead a unique system that combines the latest in science and tech with habits and universal principles to gamify the process of harnessing momentum. And as I told him off air, we're having this chat because this is like a really cool spin on how to get what you want, how to set goals, quote unquote, whatever, habits, goals, whatever you want to call it. And actually, I think carry them out a little bit. I loved especially... And some other stuff I got from Will before we got on the phone today, he talked about helping users become addicted to level up their habits. So anyway, I'm excited about that from a couple of perspectives. I know it'll come up in our conversation. Welcome, Will. Thank you. Wow. I appreciate that. I'm super, super excited to be here, Krista. Thanks for having me. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about, first of all, where you came from last, well, not last year, we're in 2021 now. Yay. But let's talk about 2019. You had a business that did well, you left that business. And so how do you transition to what's going on right now? Maybe you just want to give us the cliff notes on Will's life, because I I feel I find people interesting. (laughs) Yes, people, people are people. And that's right, we're here. So the, the short version is, so I exited my business 2019. It was Grubhub. Before it was Grubhub, it was DoorDash. Before it was DoorDash, Uber Eats, a restaurant delivery service called originally called Doorstep Delivery. We started about ten years ago. As I said before, all those other guys even got into the game. And but we bootstrapped it. My partners and I. We didn't raise any money. We just we built it just completely from scratch and, and built it to actually make money. Whereas these days, these companies come in and they go in and they're intentionally trying to lose money to gain market share. And it's sort of like a land grab. Whoever gets the most markets 
and that gets the most users wins type of thing. This was before all that. So we were fortunate to be able to build our business the right way and actually make money from it, delivering your favorite restaurants, delivered to your doorstep. And then we saw the writing on the wall once these companies started kind of coming out. You can't compete with billions of dollars that are trying to you know, lose money in order to gain, to put you out of business. So we pivoted and, and decided we wanted to exit, but we didn't get too many attractive offers. This was around 2017. So we partnered with another company that was similar size to us. We joined forces. We raised money. We started purchasing littler restaurant delivery services around the country that were in like that we call them the tier two and tier three markets, like the Nashvilles, the Orlandos, the Tampas of the world, not the tier one where, where all the big guys were going, like the Chicago's, the New York's, the L.A.'s. And so we developed a nice little niche there and started and grew and got on the radar of a company called Waiter Holdings out of Louisiana. And they purchased us back in 2019, 323 million bucks. And I was just like the hair on my chin, 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 just so happy to get out when we did, because now, I mean, it's getting really competitive and fierce out there. Right. It's a hot business to be in right now, honestly. I don't know if it's ever been busier. It is very, yeah. With COVID, it's it's about as hot as it gets because there, so many people are, are opting to just order order out. Right. Like it's, uh, hopefully, it's a habit that's here to stay, right, versus just come and go. But I think, you know, as we'll talk more about it in the show, people are creatures of habit. So you get in the habit of doing something, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, that's not so bad. You've reduced the friction of that initial like, oh, that seems like such a big hard thing. What I've got to hit five buttons, right? I mean, you go back a hundred years and you look at what they used to do. Like they wanted a cup of milk and they had to go out and milk the cow. And they had, to, you know, now it's like, what, you want me to hit three buttons? Oh my goodness. I couldn't possibly. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always interesting. But then once you get that habit going, habits don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting you. Once it's going, it tends to stay. So I, I think this industry is around to stay. So I'm curious how you pivoted, but I think this is actually a better segue into when I was reading your website earlier, I thought you were making a great point. Like we're super addicted to our phones. So I want to talk about addiction versus habit. Addictions become habits. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about like, I'm not sure how that played into what you've got now. If you realized, man, this is a met like, or if as you were studying habits and trying to figure out how to make your life better, you just decided this is a huge barrier. How do I use it to leverage it instead? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'll just, just briefly, I'll go back just to give you that backdrop. I was suicidal in college. So as far as habits go, I had about the worst habits a person can have. Every, everything was, I call it a fixed victim versus a growth owner now. I mean, years later that I understand what I was at the time, I didn't realize why I was so unhappy and why I wanted to commit suicide. And it was because I had just basically been building negative momentum in the wrong direction. You know, my thoughts, the actions I was taking were all compounding and I was developing these habits that were taking me in the wrong direction. And so I serendipitously introduced to a book by a professor, my freshman year of college called How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I'm sure you and a lot of your viewers listeners have heard of completely changed my life. I, until that, I didn't really know about self-help. It was always had this negative stigma like, Oh, self-help, like, well, you need self-help. What's wrong with you? Is your brain broken type of thing? And I just devoured it. I'm like, I got nothing to lose. So I became this like self-help beast. And I literally just started reading everything I could get my hands on and just using myself as a human science experiment and testing and pivoting and seeing, okay, this works, this doesn't. And then just taking insane crazy notes. It's just how I've always been. I mean, you saw the notes I have over the years. It's ridiculous, but that's just how my brain works. And so that's how I made sense of it all. And I would sort of start, once I saw something written 
or that I'd read multiple times and I'd tried it out in my own life and I'd found it to work, I would call those like total truths. I'm like, okay, I've read this different ways in multiple ways, and, but from different authors, they're saying it slightly differently. I've tried it myself. Like, this is what I'm going to call a total truth. This is a universal principle. It's been around since the beginning of time. It's going to be around till the end. You can't cheat the system. You can't try to work around it. So for example, do unto others, you know, the more you give, the more you get. That's just a simple, it's like, it's going to play out over time. You can try to cheat it and be greedy and steal and, and do all these things and you can get ahead for a short time. But in the end, you're not going to have that fulfillment that you're looking for in whatever form it turns out. So 25 years later, I've been building myself up and the business, the career in finances was just one part of it. I'll be honest, part of it was a revenge thing where I wanted to basically show all those people that were made to me how successful I could be. That's how it all started out, right? The whole ego thing, like I'm going to become super successful and they're going to be like, wow, how could we ever have been mean to that guy? Like he's so successful, right? That's totally what they would think too. (laughs) Totally what they would think, right? So that at the time, so in a way I don't, now I look back, I laugh at that, but I'm glad that my brain kind of worked that way because it did, it pushed me and it motivated me. And so I started developing these areas and it wasn't really until close to around selling my business that I said, you know what, I'm going to be out of this soon. Like, what do I want to pivot to? And I've been writing these notes. I told you this kind of this book for years and years, 25 years. So, and I was like, had this just this huge mess. It was very intimidating, but I said, you know what? I've got two small boys now. If nothing else, I want to give this to them as a gift to say, Hey, I wish somebody had given me these principles, these insights when I was your age growing up so that I didn't have to suffer the way I did. So that's what it's kind of come from. And now it's developed into, okay, there's these five core main areas of our lives. With each of the, in, with the, Within each, we have these habits. As I said earlier, they don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting us. They're going to do their thing over time. So let's look at the ones that we've developed that are hurting us, that are causing us to be those that fixed victim, like I mentioned earlier, and transition the and replace them with those ones that are going to help us. I call them success habits to become that growth owner that looks at the world as, okay, I've got everything within me to kick ass, take names, obstacles are temporary roadblocks, waiting for solutions. And I'm going to figure out a way to get there no matter what. I'm going to fail forward. I'm going to give fear the finger. And I'm going to somehow figure out how to do it because I know that I can. And that's the whole difference. And if you can get to that stage in your life, life just becomes so much more fun. And it, But it's not easy to get to. And especially in our, our society, which I consider to be broken in terms of what they're pushing. A lot of things get pushed on us from the day we're born. You know, our parents, God love them. They don't mean it. But, you know, whatever values they inherited, that's what we're going to get along with our teachers, along with our peers, along with the media. And all, a lot of these things are focusing on all the wrong things. We have this warped vision of what happiness is. So that's my goal is to sort of say, no, 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 let's step back. This is what happiness, true happiness, deep unadulterated, like when you were a kid playing in the fields, happiness, that's what you want to focus on. Not that, you know, just chasing that dollar and getting that fame or getting those likes on, on Instagram. You know, there's pieces of your story that remind me, they ring bells of my own story, because I remember when I was first introduced to personal development, and I remember it was like a a complete shift and change. Because when you are raised a certain way, because your parents had this trait, and your parents before that had that trait, you don't even realize you're growing up like that until someone points out to you, hey, you could do this 
differently. So the book that someone gave me and accidentally forgot to put a return address, it was kind of ominous when it showed up, right, was uh, Carol Dweck's The Mindset. And I didn't even finish it, but it changed my life. I read half of the book about fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Right oh, here. that book, the book on your floor. I'm rereading You're just it like, right now. My wife and I are rereading it for my, yeah. for my son to help yeah. him. It's a great book. Yeah. I mean, fixed versus growth. And I just realized, oh man, I really grew up in that fixed mindset. And sometimes you realize, especially if you've moved on and you've changed and you are around other people, you realize like, I think I've outgrown this, (laughs) this thing, and this doesn't work for me anymore. Now you touched on five cores and I don't know if you want to go there next, but I feel like you teased on that. And maybe we should talk about the five cores and how you landed. Cause I mean, like really I've seen them from the website and it's like, these are like the fundamental, this reminds me of like there was this uh, statement that I used to be aware of that said, you know, in marriage, you have to have the five F's, right? And so I feel like you're the five cores. I'm like, these are the things that need to work for life to work. Or like, these are the like the core tenants or the foundation. So anyway, inter- entertain us with the five cores, please. That's exactly right. So, you know, I really tried, I struggled breaking them down into five. So for a while, I was like, well, then there's there's this and there's this. But I was like, no, it can be, it can be done in five. And the reason I tried to do it in five is just because, as I mentioned earlier, we're an ADD generation. There's things coming at us from every million mile a minute. We don't know what to listen to. The simpler, the better. So everything I do, part of the gamification, reducing friction is just simplify things, make them fun, make them interesting, you know, have have videos, have have visuals, cartoons to make it like, oh yeah, okay, I want to learn about this versus feeling like intimidating. I mean, remember when people used to read full books, you know, it's like, so now that's fine. If the way to get through to a lot of the younger generation and people kind of coming into young adulthood that may have had that fixed victims kind of instilled in then if social media or some, you know, like the app that I'm developing, gamifying it, just quick little bursts to get them to start developing the right habits, so be it. And I realize that's kind of, that's where we are. Have you seen that show, The Social Dilemma? on Netflix yet? The documentary. I haven't. I heard people talk about this and they're like, oh, it's a little eye-opening. I have not watched it. I'll just briefly, it ties into what I'm doing. And that I, when I saw it, I was like, yes, like this is everything that I'm doing. It basically just talks about how these big companies, they're not, they didn't start out evil. Like Larry Page, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, Google, they're not evil people. But what happened is they developed these products that once they went public, they now have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders and the genie's out of the bag, so to speak, to where they have to make the product as addictive as possible to be able to make as much money from the advertisers as possible. So we're basically users, right? Which is funny. They used in the film, which was an interesting analogy. Like the only other thing that you're called a user on is a drug user, yet you're a user with the social media stuff. And that's kind of what it is. You're being used for your attention. And you're saying, okay, hey, he's looking at this, or she's spending time over here. And then they go sell it to these advertisers that then start pounding you with stuff. And so it's just, it's very interesting to me that the biggest companies in the world are using it, for lack of a better word, for evil versus good. And that they're using it to monitor. They're not worried about our wellness. And, and maybe they are, you know, but it's too late. And there's not really much they can do about it, right? Like they can't really change their entire product to start focusing on our well-being. So that's something that I've made a commitment with my company is to use these same principles, the same science and tech that they're using, the same revelations that we've had that we know people get addicted to and, and they get those dopamine hits. But when they actually level up on screen, instead of just that shallow... Little, oh, cool, a gem 
or, oh, cool, I got a like that goes away after five seconds and actually makes you less happy, you're actually leveling up in real life as well. Well, I mean, this is why I asked you to come on and talk about this because I'm like, I don't know what the statistics are. It's normal for people not to carry out goals. I sometimes I think it's because it's not right in front of us. But what is right in front of us, right? You're right on track that we're addicted to our phones. It is what it is, whatever. But I want my habits to be as addicting as my phone is, right? I find myself easily like even I work in this way, like I'll find myself easily bored with something, or I'll try to create a new better version of it, right? I'm like, so when I'm creating protocols for clients, for example, I'm not using really the same thing twice, maybe sometimes, but like just the person I had before you, I said, Oh, yeah, I haven't used this for a while or whatever. Like I'm trying to craft something unique, because otherwise, I find myself easily bored with something like I'm like, Okay, cool, that worked. Let's see what else could work (laughs) just as well, right? right? It's like an always and that's just also I'm trying to discern between personality typing that might just be my personality type. But I think in general, I think a lot of people find themselves easy like, how do we continue to find ourselves engaged with the things that we know are good for us? And I think that's an age old question. It's like simple things are the answer typically, but how do we get there? How do we get to the to end want, point is the to problem. Want to engage, right. To want to, that's the key. You got to want to. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. It was perfect. It was perfect. I mean, so I think the question is, how can habits be addicting? Let's talk about gamification. I mean, we will go, we will cover these five cores. I didn't know what makes sense to go over first. Five cores are like the method around how we get addictive habits. (laughs) Like, what is that? I'll start with habits first, and then we'll go into the core. So yeah, just, just again, habits, they're so important. Like we're running on autopilot. Some signs, you know, there's not a hundred percent consensus in the scientific community but in general we are running on autopilot some say up to 90 percent in terms of like our habits are us we are our habits and you know whatever the habits you may have picked up whether it was a bad one from your mom when you were younger whether it was one you learned in school and you were focusing on the wrong thing whether there's you had a traumatic experience and that shifted the way you thought and let's say you know being afraid and not taking action is a habit that's what i would call one of your biggest failure habits is letting fear basically control you and say, Oh, we're not going to do that. That's scary versus saying, okay, growth opportunity. If I just don't think too much about it and just go full force into it, then I am going to benefit some way from this. If I just keep hitting it full force head on, I'm going to break through this fear and there's going to be growth there. And then habits, like I was saying earlier, they don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting. Once they're formed, they're locked in, they get deep seated in us and they shift our entire trajectory of our life. And so I always, I put it in terms of negative and positive momentum. these, These failure habits are building this negative momentum in these different areas of our life. Our mindset is the first core. Career and finances is the second. Relationships is the third. Physical health is the fourth. And emotional health and giving back is the fifth core. And so these are all these different main areas that we all need to nurture, take action on, continue to grow in a good way in to be the happiest and best version of ourselves. And unfortunately, we've developed a lot of us, not unbeknownst to us, don't even realize, I mean, some of the habits we know are bad, like I eat too much fat or or I don't work out enough, but a lot of them aren't obvious and they're just sneakily kind of creating this life that eventually is going to compound over time. And so I have what I call this equation of life which your belief system plus your repeated actions plus time equals who you will become. And to me, that's everything. That's it. Like your beliefs, whatever is going on in your brain, like are you a fixed victim? Are you a growth owner? How do you see the world? Is it half full? Is it half empty? Do you believe you can do anything? Or that life is just, you know, I just got to bear through it until it's over. 
And then that's what your actions are going to be based off of. And the, and the more actions you take, your belief system plus your repeated actions plus time, and then the more time goes by, that's just going to form and compound into who you are. And so it's really, it doesn't, you can't see it just like momentum. You can't smell it, touch it here, but we all know it exists. And we all know that this is exactly what happens. Like a more ex- obvious example is if you're, br- if you don't brush your teeth, you know, your teeth aren't going to turn brown overnight, but give it a year or even a couple months, you're going to start getting cavities. Your teeth are going to fall out. Like that's the same with your life and every one of these habits and every one of these cores. And if they're habits that are hurting you, not doing you good, then you know, you're going to end up in a world of trouble as time goes on. And it's just going to get harder and harder. Oh, big topics here trying to encapsulate life into five cores, which are, again, career and finance, relationships, mindset, physical health, and emotional and giving back. I think what I feel like I need to understand next is how do you work this? Because when I think about this, I'm like, okay, cool. If I know these are the five areas I need to care about, what I have done in the past is rated areas of my life. And whatever gets the highest rating is doing fine. And whatever gets a low rating needs help. So I create things around it, right? I think this is like, I have seen this in multiple places, (laughs) right? And so I've kind of done this. How do you go about working on the cores? And how have you turned this into a game, so to speak? So what you said, that's exactly what I do. You have these five core areas. I have this little free core life evaluation quiz. It's on my website. And you just start off and it's just very simple, three or four questions for each core. And it'll give you sort of a 10,000 foot view, like you just said, of what area am I weakest in, right? None of us are, I call it firing on all cylinders when it's like, okay, you're crushing it on all five. That's very rare if you're not aware of what your cores are and you're not proactively working towards that. Usually something's falling by the wayside and usually it's multiple things, right? So like you look at the gym rat that's always in the gym or the guy that's his whole life is the protein and building his muscles. And it's like, yeah, great. Physical health wise, you know, he looks great and maybe he's not even so healthy depending on what, but you know, whatever he's big. But then you look at like, how's his job? Like, is he pursuing his career and finance goals every day? Is he growing his bank account? Uh, Relationship wise, does he have, you know, deep good friendships? Does he have a significant other? No, he's probably most likely he's spending too much time at the gym, right? And so then you say, okay, you got to balance it. That's the trick. The trick is balancing it all and trying to find sort of that like, okay, career and finances, I know it's important. I really want to build this business. I'm going to spend a significant amount more time, maybe this month, maybe even month and a half, two months, getting things built out. And maybe some things start to get a little bit neglected, but they're still on my radar and I'm going to proactively schedule them into my life, such as time with friends, time with family, working out, these types of things. Because if you're not proactively paying attention, it's very easy for you to just go into that one core. And even if you may be doing good success habits in it, you're neglecting those other ones. And that's actually not doing you any favors, right? Because then all of a sudden, okay, you're building this business. You haven't worked out in three months. You know, you're eating like crap. You're eating fast food every day. Your relationships are falling by the wayside because you're spending all your time in front of a computer. So it's just being aware of what they are and knowing that like, if you want to be the happiest and best version of yourself and fire on all cylinders in all five of these cores, you've got to pay attention to each. And that's exactly what my app is going to do. It's going to be coming out hopefully June or July. It's going to make it fun to actually hold yourself accountable. You're this rocket ship. And you're going to have these five cores that are the engines of your rocket. And in order to fly off to the next planet, the next galaxy, 
you have to make sure that you're maintaining proper balance in your cores. Otherwise, you'll fly off course. And there's going to be little aliens that you meet along the way and you land on different planets and they're going to give you little pieces of universal with principles like I was talking about earlier and wisdom and there would be asteroid fields and little challenges along the way. So the whole point is like you were saying earlier, you're always trying to figure out like, how do I make this more fun? Cause it's boring. There's habit apps out there. They're all terrible straight up, like nothing against the, the guys that, that came up with them, but they all feel like homework because I've tried all of them. And that's why I'm doing this is because I want it to feel like something where just like I said, like I want to feel that dopamine hit. Like when I get a like on, social media or I get a word on words with friends or, you know, whatever it is, like it's, you're playing a game, but I'm actually helping myself in the process. I mean, you can always lie and you'll always be able to, you know, you can upgrade your ship. You can fly to different planets and galaxies. There's a momentum score and there's a point system and there's also a currency that you get. So you can like pay to like make your ship unstoppable and all this, you can cheat it and still get that stuff, but you're only cheating yourself. And it's to me, I'm hoping that that's not, what ends up happening. I don't think it will though. You know, I don't remember if it was your website or somewhere else I was reading about. They were like, TV is dead and social media is king because now we're not like a one-sided conversation, even though it kind of is, right? Like TV is a one-sided conversation. Social media is kind of a two-way conversation, or at least we perceive it to be. We feel like we know what's going on in people's lives, even if we've never interacted with them, right? right? So you're talking about using an app or gamification, like achieving habits fun, which is really fun to an achieving personality type. You know what it reminded me of as you were talking about it, because I was trying to think of some other examples of who might be doing this well. And I think Peloton has an interesting angle of how they're doing this, right? Because if you have the Peloton bike and you pay for the Peloton app, then you can be on the leaderboard live with your other friends. And so if you get all these friends in this thing, like you're competing against each other. And that's like what seems to make it, it's crazy. Cause like if you own the bike, you have to pay $40 for the app. And if you don't own the bike, you can pay $13 for the app. This is like backwards. <laughs> and yet they're wildly successful with it. Cause people like, I guess we feel like we're interacting. We are creating a game, you know, essentially against one another. And again, it's interactive. And it's gamified. And it's a mechanism of how some people are helping make their physical health one of the cores better. So anyway, I don't you know. Nailed it. You know, you nailed it. Peloton, it's funny you say that. That's one of the examples that I get when I say, okay, because people ask me, what is gamification? And I actually kind of have my own definition, by the way, of gamification. And my definition is essentially reducing the friction to make you want to do the things that are good for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what I, I'm, when I say gamification, that's what I'm using it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be an actual physical game. It can be other ways that get you interested. Another example is, do you remember the Geico commercials back in the day? Start off, I think it was the caveman and then it went to like the lizard. You look at insurance commercials right now and just try to find one that isn't totally like off the wall zany, like doing crazy things to get your attention, to make you laugh or whatever, like the Allstate guy, right? The ball guy that they all took Geico's playbook because Geico had huge success. I'm guessing it started off, it wasn't one of the bigger insurance companies. And I think my guess is they exploded. I haven't done the research, but everybody knew those commercials and people went on as, as for Halloween. They gamified insurance. They gamified making, insurance is the most boring thing in the world, but they made it fun and interesting, right? And it got your attention. And you wanted to go to their site and be like, hey, what's this, you know, what's this about? Maybe I should switch, you know? Whereas before it was like, Here's another insurance company trying to get me a switch. Hey, have you, you know, what's your, and that's kind of the, and the Peloton, they're gamifying your physical health core. They're gamifying getting in shape 
by making it fun, competitive, interesting, like, right? That you can do it from home. You're competing against your friends. You've got this screen, like perfect example, perfect example. So kudos to you for hitting on that. You know, repetition, it's like habits are repetition, I guess. I don't know. It's like, it's interesting because I don't want to diss us all as humankind. I was talking earlier, I was saying about myself, like I get bored easily. So I'm always trying to like do something different. We're also like very instant gratification people. We're very like, if it takes a lot of work, you actually said it earlier, like, I got to press five buttons (laughs) to get that. Like, oh, I can press two or three, you know, like every little thing is resistance. It's really challenging. It's quite a project to figure out how to reduce resistance to things to make it easy work, make you want to do something. And so I guess the thought process here is gamification. Okay. So we talked about how social media is addictive. And what if you could make goals addictive? We talked about the five cores in life that are essential. Like you have to be moving the needle on those things in order to have your happiest life, but it's so easy to get off track. And so gamification or making something fun. And this again, takes work to like figure out how to make it fun is what you believe is the answer. We talked about mindset. There's a couple of other things I want to touch on for sure. And then we can touch on anything else. You talked about off air, the funeral planning approach to goals. So you were saying, Hey, you get in here, you see how you're doing on those five cores. And then how do you decide to set? I mean, this is like, this is not a small topic, Will, right? Like, as I think about five cores, I'm like, ooh, how do we help make like drive these points home? I I think is the question. So anyway, I just think that's an interesting concept, though, like, because having little tools, and you've given us a lot of those, like, oh, I call this this. And also, I want to ask you about some total truths. I think that's what you call it. Uh Is it total truths? Total truths. Yeah, I'd love to hear a couple total truths that you've decided. This is real and true because it's yeah. it's common knowledge because I've read it multiple places. I've applied it and this works. So I'd like to hear about yeah. total truths. Maybe we'll start there. Yeah, so right. So I call it total truth. Jeez, right. Like so I mentioned my victim college. I started reading, doing all that, you know, trying to reinvent myself, using myself as a science experiment. And it's amazing how many different ways you'll hear something that's the exact same universal principle or total truth as I call it. And it takes you a while, it took me anyways, a while to kind of be like, oh, that guy's saying the exact same thing over here. And it's a lot less intimidating knowing that it's not like there's an infinite amount of these things. It's sort of like there's a finite number of them that have been around since the beginning of time. And they're going to be around until we destroy ourselves as human beings. And as long as you are using these as the framework for what you're basing your actions and your habits that you're trying to develop off of, you can't go wrong, right? So. An example of a, a total truth, the one I gave you earlier, or I think I was offline when I said that, do unto others, right? You can try to cheat that. You can be greedy. You can be the company that, that steals it. But eventually, it's going to get you. Again, my equation of time, your belief system plus your repeated actions plus time equals who you will become. You know, it's going to come back around. And I don't know if I necessarily say I believe in karma, but maybe I do, or at least some form of it. And that, you know, the way, the way you treat people if you're somebody that gives back, if you genuinely care about wanting to help other people, help the world, and it's not just all about you, 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 you're going to reap some major rewards. Because what ends up happening is that just start, you start sending that energy out in the universe and then, you know, you naturally start helping people and then they want to help you and you get it back like a thousand fold. It's, it's such a basic truth, yet our instincts tell us, no. I need to be greedy. I need to have every single dollar. I'm not going to share it with that person. No, I don't want to share the spotlight. That's our kind of our primal caveman, like going back to, you know, thousands of years when it was the more stuff we had, the better our chance for survival. 
And we've evolved so much as a society and science and technology, but our knowledge has gone up, but our wisdom has not, in mm-hmm. my opinion, in terms of how to actually, you know, take advantage of these types of things that we're using. And again, it goes back to like companies like Facebook and Google. We've got the knowledge and they're using it and they're making a ton of money on it. So now it's time for the pendulum to swing the other way and start using those things to start helping people versus hurting them. Yeah. I love that though. Our knowledge has gone up, but our wisdom hasn't gone up. So that was good. All right. So you gave us one total truth. I'm going to ask you for another one, like do unto others or karma. Like you can't escape that one. Do you have another one that sticks out to you as a big one in life? Persistence, the law of persistence. You know, that again, we were talking earlier about this. Like, I feel like it's almost the way society is set up. We're becoming more stagnant, taking less action and feeling like, oh, I can just click a button or, or make a video and I'll be an instant celebrity and I'll make all these money and in endorsements and all this thing versus you go back, you know, a hundred, only about 150 years. My grandfather went to school in horse and buggy. True story. Right. And you look at like, they used to, when they wanted a glass of milk, they went out and they milked the freaking cow and they, you know, it wasn't just hit a button and have it delivered to me in 10 minutes. And so, yeah, I mean, kind of like what you were saying earlier, you know, this instant gratification, this stuff is, is making us more complacent, making us less willing to put in the work and the effort, but persistence Every single success story you will ever read, I mean, there's always going to be that one exception, like person hits the lottery, but I'd like to see them, you know, there's even a show, Lottery Ruined My Life. Like what happens to those people in 10 years when they haven't actually developed the mind around and the lifestyle of how to deal with that money, right? So it's a process and you can't cheat it. But, and the more you basically just push through and say, okay, I believe in what I'm doing. For instance, the career and the finance goal or core you know, you have an idea and you're like, okay, I want to make this a reality and I'm just going to put everything into it. Nine out of 10 people will hit the first stumbling block and they'll stop. Or maybe about four out of five will hit the first stumbling block, they'll stop. And then the next couple will ride it out for a month or two. And But most people give up because they're just like, it's too hard, right? And, but if that's where the air is thinnest, that's where there's less competition is when you're able to push through that sort of that hard stuff that most other people aren't willing to do to take those actions, that persistence to push through, you're going to reap the benefits of not only are you going to reap the benefits of whatever it is you're chasing, because you'll eventually get there, but it's going to feel so much better than if somebody just handed it to you because you had to work for it and you had to use your, your discipline and you had to make a commitment to yourself and say, I'm going to do this. And no matter what, I'm going to push through. So I have little commitments that I make to myself all the time, like during the day. And I have little rewards that I use as well. Like, okay, these are my top three things that I'm going to do based on my goals. I have my five year, my three year, my one year, my three month goals and my immediate like this month. And so then I break it down into my to do's based on that. And I literally each day I take three of what I are my prioritized top three things that are going to make the biggest difference in my life towards my ultimate goals. And I say, I'm going to get these done no matter what. And if I don't finish them, sometimes I don't, then I'll, I'll do them at night. You know, and I mean, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'll, you know, I don't always do them, but I'll give myself a little mini reward if I am able to do that. And, you know, like sort of say like, okay, if I finish this now, then tomorrow I'm going to take a half day and I'm going to go, you know, play golf or, or whatever it is, kind of give myself a little treat because I've pushed through and done something that I know most people would do. 
Hmm. Sorry, that was a very long-winded answer. That's okay. You actually gave us another total truth accidentally. You were talking about the habit loop where when you set a goal, you have to have an instant gratification happen. Otherwise, you don't usually stick with it. And that's literally what gamification is. Also, it's like you were like, cool, if I'm going to do this thing that kind of sucks right now because it's like part of my bigger – like I already know I need to do this, but I don't really feel like doing this. I'm going to do it, and then I can play golf tomorrow because it's immediate because it doesn't work when you say, all right, kids, let's save money for college. It's not instant gratification enough, so it tends to not really work as what – I mean, that's what's in all the goal things. That's all in all the habit-forming books, right? That's exactly right. I just was listening to Seinfeld was on Tim Ferriss podcast. And he had a really interesting take on on this whole thing. And he was talking about kind of, he's an amazing guy, right? We're talking about Jerry? Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. So when you you actually start to listen to his habits and what he does, like, you're like, of course you're successful. And that's what you usually find. It's not like, wow, I just listened to an interview with this guy. How did he become successful? No, that's, Mm -hmm. that's not usually how it works. It's usually like he's developed these really strong habits. So yeah. So clues, right? Yeah. So, and he had some really good habits and he talked about, which I thought was really interesting. Basically our brains were just dogs is how he put it. He's like, we've just got these dog brains or gimme, gimme, gimme. What's that? Is that a treat? And he's like, you got to trick your brain. And he's absolutely right. You've got to trick your brain into wanting to do the thing that's good for you. Right. And that's kind of exactly what I'm saying. He put it a little bit differently, like with my gamification, but it's like, you're tricking your brain into wanting to actually take that action. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm having fun doing this. Or I like doing this. And you're like, Oh wait, no, it's become a habit. And once that habit's formed and it's replaced the bad one, it's going to do the same thing. It's going to be on autopilot. Your brain's conserving energy. You're like, okay, don't need to worry about that one anymore. You're not actively working on it. Right. Once it's formed, you're like, okay, this one's now helping me build momentum in the background, flossing your teeth. You know, when I first started flossing, I hated it. With everything in my being, I still don't love it, but it's a habit to the point where I don't even think about it. Every morning and every night I floss, and it's because I went through years and years and years of never having any issues. And one day I went to the dentist. He's like, you've got a cavity. I'm like, what? I thought I had perfect teeth. You've always said what great teeth I had. And then that very moment, I said, okay, I do not want to get on a cavity. And that was the want that I needed. It activated me saying, okay, I'm going to do this. And I call it faking it till you make it. Like you got to just keep forcing yourself to do it and use little light packs, like schedule it into your phone, like a reminder in your phone or whatever else. There's so many different ways these days that you can use technology to help you to actually make sure that you're following through on some of these things. Again, like I was saying, like with the app and stuff, but, and then it was like, once I had forced myself to do it enough times, then it was like, okay, I don't have to worry about this one anymore. Right. And so now I just do it. I don't even think about it every single morning. It's a perfect example. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Man, this is a big topic, Will. So I think the question is always, when you get to the end of a conversation like this, okay, where do you start? I think that's always the first question because you need the first step usually. You do need to look at the big picture, but where do we start today? So take the quiz, find out what where you stand in each of these main areas of your life, these five cores. Again, it's your mindset, it's your career and your finances, it's your relationships, it's your physical health, and then it's your career emotional health and giving back. In each one of these areas, you have to be building that positive momentum. You have to have more positive habits than negative habits if you want to be truly happy. And so you take the quiz and then you'll very quickly see, hmm, I'm pretty good here, but I'm not so good here. And then you start with whichever one you scored the lowest on. And then there's an ebook 
that you can take that essentially will start to take you on this journey of figuring out what it is that these bad habits are that you've developed in each of these cores and then how to replace them. And that goes back to that funeral thing you were talking about earlier. So this is kind of the activity I use, which I love. To me, there's no better way to instantly figure out what is most important to you and what you want than to go flash forward to the end of your life and you're being eulogized at your funeral. And what do you want those people to say about you? Because you can't trick that. You can't convince yourself otherwise. Like, oh, well, maybe I want, no. Like, I want them to say this. And then what I do is I actually have you do that in each of your cores. Like, what do you want said about in your physical health core? What do you want said about in your relationship core, right? And we're running out of time. So if you go to my website, there's descriptions of each of the cores to understand a little bit more what they are and, and how to use them. But I won't go into all that now. But so what you do then is then you say, okay, this is what I want said about in each of them. And then you go back to your current existence and you say, okay, what habits do I currently have that are not going to allow me to get to that place, to have that said about me in my funeral. Those are the ones you want to start eliminating and then you want to prioritize them. And then you say, okay, what are the ones I want to replace them with so that I do have that said at my funeral? And those are the ones that you start getting to work on. And you got to be really careful not to try to do too much at once because you will quit. It's like I was saying earlier, like the persistence thing, like I've found science has proven you start and you do small doses, you do little things at a time and just let them build on each other and compound. That's how you're going to be able to slowly start building momentum. And then what's cool is the more momentum you build, the more habits you start forming, the better you're feeling, the more sort of momentum you're going to gain. And it actually trickles into the rest of your cores and they all start becoming kind of incrementally easier and you start building more momentum simultaneously because then you're starting to be, build your physical health core. Let's say you're hitting the gym now at four days a week or you're running or whatever it is. And now all of a sudden your mind starts feeling better, right? So then you start making progress on your mindset core. So they all do tie together, and but you just you don't want to start too big. You want to start slow. And, and this ebook that I have, it has you pick just one or two habits for each, and tells you to get going on those so that you're not too overwhelmed. I was just thinking about the BDNF and the endorphins in the physical activity that's helping your mind feel like it's in the right spot, so you can do the next thing. <laughs> my what's going on in my brain thinking about this? Perfect. This makes. Lots of sense. I hope it makes sense, right? So we've got these five areas. We've got to assess what's not working. I know what I was going to say. I'm filling it in with my blabbing. But what I wanted to say here was that when you take the funeral planning approach to core foundations in life, it requires you to be more thoughtful. And it's a bit more challenging because you can't just say you have to take vanity and those other things out of it, right? Because like, for example... I don't do weight loss, but if someone's like, no one's going to go to your eulogy and say her biceps were great. Like they're not going to say that. So you have to figure out how to make this a much more thoughtful, meaningful thing and not a vanity. I mean, so like, you know, I'm in the generally in the wellness space here. Right. So, you know, it makes you be quite a bit more thoughtful. Like I want to have great energy because that spills over and like she was vibrant all the time and she, you know, like wanted others to feel that way as well. So I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there that it's a cool way to do it because you yeah, can't be shallow. What you might think is important now, right? Just like, like the money thing that that's one of the biggest things that you'll immediately see is like, nobody needs to die with a billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then you start to see like, okay, well, what is the lifestyle I want to lead? And how much money do I need for that? And then you start setting your goals around that versus just more and more and more. Cause that's what most of us get caught up in is, okay, I just want more. Okay. I got this. Oh, wait, that guy's got that. I want that. Oh, now I have that. I want more, more, more. And that is a never ending failure loop 
that is just guaranteed to make you miserable because you'll never have enough and you'll never be able to fill that void. But just going back, I actually have my funeral list right here. So you were mentioning one of the things you'd want said at your physical health. So mine are, he was Peter Pan. His appearance and energy mm. level were in line with someone much younger than him. And then I also have longevity, this eating, exercising, sleep, etc. habits allowed him to live a long, full life. And he was able to enjoy it till the very end. Sorry, my, my eyes that's are getting great. Started, actually having turned. So then you go, okay, that's what I want said. Not like you said, not he had eight inch biceps, right? No, it's in general, he looked good. He felt good. He had energy. He, he had his brain. Stuff he wanted to, he had his brain, right. He was doing the stuff he wanted to do till the very end. He wasn't in a wheelchair for the last 20 years of his life because, you know, all he did was eat fast food. And so then it's like, okay, what happened? How do I get there? And knowing that the equation of life is what's going to end up coming into play and using that equation of life for instead of against me and saying, okay, what are the actions I'm currently taking now? And what are the habits that I know I need to change to make sure that that is where I'm going to end up? It's pretty neat. It's neat. Because then, I mean, if nothing else, you'll start in each core. I mean, I actually have an insane, like I have like 20 habits for each core and I've been doing this for years. And that's actually, I've been using an Excel spreadsheet version for the last like 10 years. And it started to feel too much like homework to me where I was like, oh, this is like, and I would like, I actually grade myself at the end of every single day in each of my cores. And again, this is why I developed the app to make it a lot more friction, yeah. to make it a lot more fun towards like, you know, I'm building it for me. At least I know I'll use it to be able to keep track of my habits and my cores a lot without feeling like it's like, Th- thanks for sharing that with us. Cause that was a, it's more fun to hear sometimes someone else's because I will often say things like, well, you want to get older, but feel younger. And I've never heard someone say he was like Peter Pan. I'm like, perfect. I might just adopt that one. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I got to pick up little tidbits all the time here. Okay. Great. Where we know how to get started. People can go rate things. They can work through the ebook. Cause this is like, I mean, it is a bit of a process, but it's, this is like how you stop kind of just walking around on autopilot, right? Like in being quite a bit more intentional in life. So where can people find this online? Will? so you can go to moremomentum.com. And that's more like my last name, Will Moore, M-O-O-R-E, momentum.com. And then at the top, there's just a little tab there and it'll have the free core life or core evaluation quiz. You just click on that and then you take the quiz and that's where you'll, you'll know where to start. We're doing a change in the website right now. I'm not 100% positive right now. It takes you right to the ebook. If for some reason you don't get that ebook, just go ahead and send me, there's a contact form. Just say, hey, I want the ebook and we'll go ahead and we'll mail it to you for free to get you. So then you find out what it is you need to start with and then the ebook actually gets you going on developing this app. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you so much, Krista. This was awesome. I appreciate it. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stress Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stress Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 